Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So my wife Lorraine complains at me, Ryan, that every, every five minutes she tells me that there's an Amazon delivery coming along. Can I um, stop you right here, Colin? Um, please I'm do. on Lorraine's side in whatever's <laughs> coming. Uh, go ahead. Finish your story. I, I just worry that you're the delivery person that's, that's <laughs> coming along. That's all. But um, and she asked me the other day and I thought it was interesting. She said, you know, how is it you've suddenly got into shopping? You know, because I didn't normally like shopping. Mm. Um, and what I realized was that actually the, there's so much convenience just being able to go on to a, the Amazon app and just order yeah. something there and then when you think about it. So I now don't have to create this bloody great list and then take it up to some store. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole topic of, of convenience came up. And so we have a we have a guest with us today. Um, and so welcome, Shep. First of all, hey, Colin, great to be here. Great to be here. I love this story. Thank you, thank you very much. Yes, it's um, it's uh, um, I, in fact, if the doorbell goes, it's probably another Amazon delivery that's coming. <laughs> from so, but um, Shep is, is um, Shep is a customer service and customer experience expert. He's uh, a New York Times and Wall Street best-selling author. Uh, and he's been inducted into the National Speakers uh, Association Hall of Fame for Lifetime Achievement in um, professional speaking. Um, and Shep helps organizations build loyalty um, with their customers and employees. And probably most importantly, Shep's just got a new book coming out called The Convenience Revolution. Uh, so thought it'd be a great idea to get Shep on board and and just kick around this whole area of convenience and what's happening and and uh, all the rest of it. So so Shep, welcome and and perhaps you could start off and you know give us a, sort of the main premise of the book and where you're coming from so we can start the debate. Sure. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully, there's no debate because I think what you just did is confirmed how easy it is to do business with Amazon. And if I ask people on the street what's the most convenient easiest business or company in the world that you've ever done business with think about any place you've ever bought something from they will almost always say Amazon and mm -hmm. Amazon is in my mind the most convenient company on the planet and actually Amazon is the first major case study in the book the convenience revolution that's right the convenience revolution and it's <laughs> subtitled how to deliver a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty and who doesn't want that so sure. um and then, by the way available everywhere on amazon Excellent. of course and uh <laughs> you can how get it straight be with being a case study yeah how convenient so anyway what, what happened is about a year and a half ago as i was writing and finishing up my last book one of the editors who i was working with who was proofreading made a comment that uh you know why do you think these companies excel some of the companies you talk about you know we all know about why do you think they do better than everyone else and it's it's more than just service because today everybody knows what good service is a lot of companies are stepping up uh it's even said all the reports say that within the next year to two years almost every major company will be looking at customer experience as their major emphasis for marketing and retention and acquisition so i started to look at these companies and you know what they're just all easy to do business with I wonder if anybody's ever written a book about that. And sure. they hadn't. I mean, the closest thing was my friend Matt Dixon's 
uh, effortless experience. But that's more about you know, customer effort and resolving issues. It's like, you know, if you call your cable company, they don't, you know, people don't want a free month after arguing with them for half an hour. No, they just like at the moment the call is made and they hear about it, it's like fix it and let's make it easy. And uh, but this is more than that. So I've identified six convenience principles and Amazon is in all of them. And then underneath each of the six, I have five more case studies from all different types of businesses, industries, business to consumer, business to business, and small companies, big companies. So it really doesn't matter. You can do one of these or all six of them as Amazon has done and totally disrupt a competitor, if not an entire industry. Okay. So let, 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 I'd like to hear the, what the, the, the six are, but let me ask you another question, if I may, before sure. we get in, into those six. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was thinking about sort of convenience and um I, I guess my my thought was around sometimes uh, clearly an experience is not necessarily just about convenience because it could be that for instance there's a restaurant that's that's just down the road but I bath I bypass that restaurant to which is probably more convenient than the one that I actually go to but the reason I go to the other one is because I prefer it so I right. guess my questions. You know, it, it, do you think it's just about convenience or is it convenience and other things or, or, or what? All right. So I used to say it takes a great product. In other words, the product that you buy is supposed to do what it's supposed to do. In this case, a restaurant the, yeah. the you go to the restaurant, the food's supposed to be good and the service should be, you know, very nice as well. If you have the best service in the world and the food tastes like dog food, you're probably not going to go back, even though the people are really nice. If it's the best food in the world and they make you wait and they screw up along the way and the servers aren't very friendly, uh, again, it could be the best food, but boy, I'm not going back there. I don't like the way I was treated. Sure. One plus one, the sum is greater than the parts. But here's my premise. Customers are smarter than ever before. They're forcing companies to up their service experience. So it's table stakes now to deliver a service experience. Mm. What's going to take it to the next level is if the company is more convenient. Now, a restaurant is different, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, uh, to me, you know, the perfect loyal customer, and in a lot of people's minds, is they won't go anywhere else to do business with someone else. But you know what, Colin? You and I both like to eat, okay? Ryan, you're a handsome, thin little devil. It's hard to tell how much you actually <laughs> go out and eat. But seriously, uh, you know, we like to eat. And I would say that if I stop by a restaurant once every week or two, the owner of that restaurant is going to appreciate my loyalty because I'm a regular customer. And even though I'm hungry at least three times a day eating meals, I'm not going to the same place every single time. But I do sure. know this. I'm not going to go back to the place that treats me poorly or has lousy food. Sure. No, absolutely. So it's got to be other things just rather than just just convenience there are other other aspects of it obviously yeah yeah it's it's like you know it's it's like anything so now i think it's the trifecta uh and if you do that you're a triple threat to your competition uh if you're if you are obviously good product great service and you are easier to do business with than someone else there's a pretty good chance you're going to win yeah i mean the the i guess part of the challenge is just thinking about this is that uh, and I was talking to somebody the other day about Amazon is that it so rather than going away and Googling where to, you know, a, a product or service, I now just go on Amazon and just buy everything on Amazon. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
but I guess it's just where therefore that brand comes in because it's like Amazon are sort of disintermediating some of that um, some of the brands does that make sense yeah, well, so, just today I read that Nike is starting to go on to Jet.com, and I, I don't know what their status is with Amazon, but it's another channel for retailers. But to your point, Colin, if you're loyal to a specific brand and that brand cannot be found in the store that you wanted to be that you wanted to go to, you'll go to a different store. Same with Amazon. If it's not on Amazon, you'll go find it somewhere else. That doesn't stop you from doing business with Amazon for anything else. That you might sure. want. Yeah. But uh, you're right. And, and some places don't have everything. Amazingly, Amazon not only has almost everything, but when you go on Amazon, you're getting ready to buy something. It'll have a message. It, you can find this less expensive than another you know, retailer who might be using the Amazon marketplace. So they tell you that the competitor is less expensive. And it's amazing to me how people still say, you know what? I still want to do business with Amazon because I trust them. I know if there's a problem, they'll take care of it. And that's part of the customer service and experience and confidence that they've created. Sure. So, Ryan, where does this fit in with uh, the whole sort of psychological behavioral economic stuff? What, what's, up, what's at play here? Oh, well, well, let me turn that around back to to Shep. Sometimes when we talk about uh, something a little cerebral like convenience, everybody's on board and everybody agrees that this is important. But sometimes, and tell me if this has been your experience talking to, to companies, um, sometimes people mean wildly different things when they say something like convenience. So as you talk to firms, is there general pretty generally pretty good agreement on what convenience means and and how it should be approached or do you find that that different people are defining it in different ways and sometimes incomplete ways or sometimes conflicting ways i I guess what does convenience mean yeah so the answer to the questions up until what does convenience mean uh the answer to that is yes to everything and uh, so let's let's break it down real quick and that is just like your brand, you want customers to perceive you a certain way. So uh, you think you know how you want them to perceive you, but really it's up to them to decide whether or not you've met that brand promise. Same mm-hmm. thing with your customer service. You may spend a lot of money training people to be a certain way. You better make sure that's the way your typical customer wants you to behave from the standpoint of the service behavior. When it comes to convenience, same thing. Some people may love picking up the phone and talking to the call center. And to them, that's the convenient, fast way to get to somebody, unless you make them wait 30 minutes on the phone. While somebody else may say, I just like going online and I, because I, I know this company has a, a chat bot that'll interact with me for some basic questions. If I have something bigger than that, I'll talk to somebody on the phone. So they're defining what their level of convenience is and what they want. You know, what I've done is I've taken these six principles and I broke everything down. I said, hey, here's the six areas that we can look at. And almost every company can participate in at least one, some two or three. And as I mentioned, some might do all six. So, uh, by the way, I apologize if you hear the sirens in the background. But uh, we have thin windows in our office building, which was built about maybe 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, Colin and I are usually wanted by some kind of authority or another. It happens more often than you think. Mm. So it sounds, Shep, like you're, you're advocating for defining convenience from the perspective of your specific customer instead of a kind of a blanket definition. 
Right, but you can think about, you know, and, and by the way, you could be the most convenient company for the customer to do business with, but a good relationship in any business will disrupt um, a lot of other competitive issues. So uh, why don't we go through the six areas and, yeah. and you can decide whether or not these are uh, appropriate. And, and by the way, fight me a little bit on some of these because I like that. Sure. It's, it's good. So let's start off with the first one because the first one is really within all six areas, but some companies have chosen to make it their, their really their major value proposition, and that's simply reducing friction. That's it. Right. Reduce friction. Where in the process can you make it easier? So, um, and obviously, if you think about Amazon, boy, have they made it easy mm-hmm. with like one click ordering and you know the dash button which by the way is technology which we'll talk about in a minute but i use uber as a great example of a company that figured out how to reduce so much friction that they not only disrupted a competitor but almost the entire industry uh, of the taxi cab business when i need a cab uh well now i live in an area where there's more cabs but when i lived in a house before i moved into a condo um i used to have to call the cab company and they would say 15, 20 minutes, and hopefully the driver would be there. I get in the car. Where do you want to go? And only then did the driver find out where I was going. And then when I got to the end of the ride, I found out how it was, how much it was going to cost. I reached in my pocket. I paid for it, and I left. Well, Uber took care of all of that. Now mm-hmm. I don't have to guess where the driver is. I can open up my app. I can see there's six drivers within 10 minutes. I hit the app. Uh, and then I type in just a few letters of where I want to go because it knows how to auto-populate all these different places. And then it tells me how much it's going to cost. I agree to it. Then I can watch the driver on the screen getting closer to my home. And then when I get in, he says, hi, Shep. He knows who I am or she knows who I am. Yeah. And then we get to the destination. I don't have to pay. I just walk away. And the because I'm in the system, it automatically pays for me. The only friction that uber has not figured out how to eliminate is the actual drive (laughs) (laughs) one day one day it'll be star trek and they'll beam me over and i don't know uh, that's what's going to disrupt uber by the way is uh the star trek uh, beaming me over scotty kind of thing but probably a few years to go though i think so but think about it so that's complete reduction of friction and uh, there's many other types of reducing friction. But here's one of the things to think about. Convenience and especially reducing friction, the idea is let's save our customer time. Time is so valuable. And what we do at that time, whether it be spend more time with our families, spend more time with at work being more productive rather than have to, you know, fill out for yesterday. I'm talking to a finance company and one of the big pushbacks they have with their customers is it seems like we're filling out the same forms over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know solve that for us, Shep. I'm putting you in for a Nobel Prize. Well, that's what I talked about with them is how to eliminate the duplication of effort. And uh, part of it is because there's multiple people that are asking for the same documents and they have to fill it out separately for each one, which is ridiculous. Create a process where you fill out the document once and it goes to all the people involved. Sure, sure. The you um, a lot of money for that sentence, by the way. <laughs> and thank you very much because you've just given it to our listeners free of charge. Excellent. There you go. The Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com.
So l- let me tell you a story, um, and and uh, and then we'll get on to the other five because I do want to hear about the other five. But um, th- this I think is important and and um, is getting missed by a lot of organisations. So so the story is. Um, when we were living back in England, um, we used to get our milk delivered. And the um, as with everybody else, you know, they were going down the to the grocery store to buy their milk because it was cheaper. So I turned around to Lorraine, my wife, and said, um, should we, you know, stop getting our milk um, delivered? You know, and just, just go down the grocery store. Uh, and she said, no, 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 no. She said, um, I don't want to do that. Um, the milkman comes around every Friday night. We have a bit of a laugh and a joke. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to change the milk. I don't want to, you know, uh, I quite enjoy in going around to, um, and we have a bit of banter, as we would say in England. Um, and um, so we didn't change the milk. Um, uh, as the rounds started to decrease, the, the our milkman left. It was taken over by another milkman. And this milkman decided that it would be a good idea uh, if um, he would um, leave the receipt under a milk bottle at the end of the week and that we would then pay by check. OK. Uh, and guess what happened after about two months of that? Yeah. We no interaction. Had, no need to keep doing. Correct. business. Yeah. So I, I guess the issue is and I was discussing this with a client this week. The issue is, is that you can absolutely, you know, digital transformation, you can actually digitize lots of things but the danger i think is that the people are in danger of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and and i guess my challenge is around i absolutely you know you'd be stupid to to disagree with friction um uh, to make things frictionless but i also think that there is a role somewhere in that customer journey uh to for human interaction otherwise the danger is is everything gets commoditized and you you don't differentiate yourself does that make sense it it makes total sense and i think everything is becoming commoditized and there's a couple of of ways to break the commodity trap and decommoditize yourself and the first is you know again assuming you're selling the same thing someone else is are we giving them a better customer experience uh, number two, remember earlier in our conversation where I said the relationship could trump everything? Yeah. And I, I apologize for using the word trump. The, uh, <laughs> and not that I mean anything by that, but some people sure. might be offended by it. Okay. Uh, the, but the relationship could possibly overrule everything. How's that? And sure. they're, they're, but I, I still want to say that no matter how good the relationship is, if you give me something that's so much easier and more compelling to do business with, then, you know, I may switch even sure. without the, you know, but I'll give you a chance to save it. That's what the relationship does. But let's talk about, you know, Amazon is totally digital okay? and you don't know who's going to drop off the product. It could be an Amazon truck stopping by. It could be UPS. It could be FedEx. It could be the, the, the post, you know, man or woman. So I think that they've managed to inject uh, this, this system of that's so, you know, easy to use that people say, oh, it's just great. And, you know, there's disruptors uh, to Amazon, the local bookstore. So originally Amazon was an, a bookseller online and they, everybody, you know, they're putting local booksellers out of business. Well, you know what? Local booksellers are starting to come back 
They figured out how to compete. How is it that Ace Hardware, and you know, I wrote another book uh, a couple of books back called Amaze Every Customer Every Time, and I used Ace Hardware just because everybody kind of knows who Ace Hardware is, at least in the U.S., but they are in 70-some-odd different countries. Sure. Um, but Ace Hardware is a smaller uh, company that sells hardware and and home improvement things, and they go up against these huge big box stores. And sometimes these big box stores build directly next door to a successful Ace Hardware. And you know what happens? They figure out how to thrive and survive because they figured out. And by the way, I featured Ace in in the reducing friction. Why and how do they reduce friction? Their parking lot is smaller than the big box mm-hmm. store. So it's right. just easier to get in and out of an Ace Hardware store, hence mm-hmm. reducing friction. Sure. So <laughs> you're right. I think, uh, Colin, the the digital, the balance between digital and human has to be there. There always needs, you know, and we're going to talk about self-service next. Why don't we just do it right yeah, now? Let go on, yeah, let's go through the other five. Yeah. So if you go into a, a grocery store and you see the lines are long to check out, but then they have this little self-service area that has three or four places where the customer can take total control on their own and scan their items, check out. There's always a human being, an employee standing nearby to help you when there's a problem. Hence mm-hmm. the balance between digital and you know, the personal experience. The lead case study I use is a company called Panera Bread. They're based here in the U.S., actually started here in St. Louis, Missouri, where I live. And they have bakery and restaurants all over the country. And I watched this morph from a total uh, regular type of you walk in, stand at the counter, in line, you finally get up, order what you want, a sandwich or, you know, your bakery items. And then you stand over to the side and they call your name when your food is ready. That's pretty standard, okay? Well, now, one day I walk in, actually not now, uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I walk in, there's a, a screen, there's a bunch of screens, and there's somebody going, hey, you know, don't have to wait in line anymore. Go over here and check in and, and pick out your items from the pictures, and it was real easy, and now go over there and wait, they'll call your name when it's ready. So they eliminated me standing in line, they gave me control. Then sure. one day, there were pagers. Now you don't have to go over there and wait, you can sit down and wait anywhere you want, we'll buzz you when your food is ready. Then they put sensors and tables around the restaurant. They said, don't worry about coming up. We'll bring the food to you. So I watched this happen over a year and a half, and I asked the manager, why did you do this? His exact words, for the convenience of our customers. But here's what's cool is that they didn't lose any employees. They didn't say, we put the technology there to take away a job. So, you know, over over time, the capital investment will save us money over a human investment. No, they kept the same number of people and they allowed the people to run the food out to the tables and engage with their customers at a whole nother level. So I think it's just the perfect balance of giving some customers control and a self-service element as well as giving them the human element. So, yeah, good example. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. And Amazon, by the way, everything about Amazon is total self-service. You go online, you choose your item, you choose everything, you check out on your own. You don't need the help from anybody. There are lots of companies in that self-service world. Um, you want to bump into technology real quick? Yeah, go. Good. And by the way, now that you've got the idea, we'll, we'll be able to jump through these pretty quickly. But technology sure. is amazing. I use PayPal as a great example. PayPal, Venmo. Venmo is now owned by PayPal. Those are the two most popular ways to transfer money from one person to the next. So easy to use. It's convenient. It's driven by technology. Apps on phones. Um, how easy is that? You know, there's a no wait app, and I, I love the no wait app. It's not in every city, but restaurants. Yeah. 
will sign up to be a part of the system. They may not take a reservation, but you can see how long the wait is by opening up the app and choosing the restaurant that you want to go to. Oh, it's a 55-minute wait. I'll put my name in, and then you can see your name going up the list, and you can time your arrival so that there is no wait. So using technology. Amazon has the little dash button. You, mm-hmm. you know what the dash button is? Yeah. I love this. Yeah, a little, but, it's like a doorbell, but it's for an item like, you know, washing machine detergent. Oh, I'm running low on washing machine detergent. I just push the button. Now I don't even have to go to the computer to buy something from Amazon. <laughs> Colin, you can buy the, you can get a dash button for like 300 different items. So you are go definitely crazy. looking, you're definitely looking for me to get divorced, aren't you? That's what's problem is. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm going to have anyway, to go and get a, 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 a group of buttons to get. I think, I think that would be a good idea. It's amazing all the different items that, you know, people consume and, and, uh, which takes us to the next one, which is subscription. If something is being consumed on a regular basis, why not let people subscribe to it instead of make them go to the store and buy it or make them go online just when they need it? So, uh, I use Netflix is the key case study of, of a subscription model and, you know, we all know Netflix, you know, you yep, can yep. You subscribe. But how about the hardware store that every six months you're supposed to replace the filters in your furnace or your HVAC unit? And instead of buying a bunch of filters and, and making the customer remember, how mm-hmm. about, hey, you got your credit card. Why don't we just deliver you the filters every six months when you need to do it? You know, it's sure. a subscription. So I it's just, also a bit like Dollar Shave. Yeah, it's exactly a dollar shave is is one of the case studies as well. And it's right. like my favorite club. Are you a member of a club? Oh, I'm a member of a very prestigious club. <laughs> but here's a cool thing. I wrote an article about this this week in Forbes, uh, the subscription model. Automobile manufacturers are starting to let customers subscribe to their cars. Not a lease, no ownership. They simply subscribe to the car. So, for example, I mean, Porsche, Cadillac, Audi, uh, BMW, Volvo, <laughs> all these companies are creating this subscription model. So uh, one of them, Porsche, has their passport program, which allows. By the way, you pay a fee, and they have different levels. So you right. can, you know, uh, you know, it's, you may not be able to drive the hundred and fifty thousand dollar Porsche, but you can drive the eighty thousand dollar one. And there's lots of Porsches to choose from. You can change cars eighteen times a year. Well, they let you do that. So anyway, well, it's subscription model. Right. Well, I can't remember what what number are we on now. For four, four, two to go. Yeah, yeah. So we got reducing uh, friction. We've got uh, self service technology yep. subscription, and number five is delivery. Just bring right. it to the customer. Mm-hmm. And okay. obviously Amazon does that, but my car dealership, very small car dealership. Actually, they're becoming a big dealership. They're building a big building now. They're so successful. I started doing business with them about seven years ago. I'd been doing business with another dealer for more than 22 years. This dealer was less than a mile from my office. I would drop my car off. If they had a car for me to use for service, great. But if not, I understood. And I would just walk to the office, about 10, 15-minute walk. Not too inconvenient, if you would say. But I was driving down the street one day and saw a car in the window. And I said, oh, look at that car. That's beautiful. I'm going to stop and look at it. I walked in and I told the dealer right up front, hey, I'm just looking and you're too far away from where I live, I'm not going to buy the car from you. And then a the guy said, well, wait a minute. Do you see a waiting room? What do you mean? Well, if do we have a waiting room if you want to bring your car in and sit around and wait for it to get taken care of and service. But if you buy a car from us 
Every time you need service, we will bring you a brand new car and just make the appointment. We'll bring you a car. We'll pick up yours. We'll service it. We'll bring it back. We'll pick up our car. The next time you come in here will be to buy a new car. Well, wow. Actually, by the that's way, pretty great. Yeah. Their ambassador is the guy who drops off the car. You well, know, and, and you know, he comes and he sees me and he talks to me. And, and man, nice you're guy. always happy to see somebody who's bringing you a new car to drive. Exactly. And, and by the way, one day I made this slip up and I told the guy my wife's interested in that station wagon that you guys have. And what do you think he, he bought me to drive? <laughs> Guess what? We, we bought the darn station wagon and now we're getting ready to buy a third car. Within that's the, next that's the kind of evil genius you just have to appreciate. I mean, that's, uh... <laughs> and it's delivery. By the way, I went back to my original dealer and they wrote up the contract and they said shop it around we're price competitive even with that added level of convenience they retained price sensitivity by the way it used to be people would you know be willing to pay more for convenience and in some cases they will but in many cases you pay less but you still get the convenience because that's built into their value proposition that's what this dealership did so you know domino's pizza delivers hot box cookies or insomnia cookies they Uber Eats and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and there's that's and it's a great one. And finally, number six is access. You know, how accessible right. are you to your customers? It could be a website's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, when's your customer service support available? Uh, you know, is it in extended hours? You know, many times, hey, we're available 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. seven days a week. That's pretty good. Uh, how about the bank, Huntington Bank, which was my lead case study? They recognized that bankers hours were not convenient to the average customer of a bank. So they said, let's stay open longer and on weekends. And they started stealing away customers to because they were more convenient for their customers. So uh, and by access could be hours of operation uh, here in the U.S. 90 percent of the population of the United States is within 10 minutes of a Walmart. Well, yeah. And if you're, yeah, within a major city, if you want to go to Starbucks, you just, you know, walk to the next block. There's probably yeah. one there. Yeah, no, it, it it certainly amazes me the amount of grocery stores that are around. It's in, in, in incredible. Great. Well, I'm I'm conscious of uh, of of time, Shep. Um, but um, though those six are really really interesting, actually, and I think that you know the. The frictionless one is uh, particularly interesting, and the technology one. I was I was only talking to somebody today about some of the new tech that's coming out, and the the uh, AI stuff is just going to be mind blowing in in terms of making things frictionless and the the whole area of um um what do they call it um um well, what was it called now the um Internet AI? of Things yeah oh, the well no yeah the, the whole Internet of Things yeah. Is just going to blow people's minds in what they can do. In fact, I think I saw today Amazon have now linking, starting to sell a, a microwave that you can use through Alexa, um, which is uh, going to be interesting. So I can maybe just round this off by turning around and saying I'm just off to buy a microwave that goes with Alexa. So I can. Can you believe can... that? You know, <laughs> turn yeah. off, turn off the microwave. <laughs> turn on. And I, she turns on my TV, turns off my TV, changes the channel for me. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. But I mean, that's what technology is doing. Hey, I want to, you know, I don't want to use her name because she's right behind me. We'll call her Alex for short because she doesn't answer to Alex. Hey, Alex, I want a pizza. Would you like yeah. the same pizza you ordered the last time? Yes, I would. I'll take care of it. Done. And by the way, does that make us lazy? 
No, it gives us time to do. It may make some of us lazy. Sure. <laughs> we don't have to. But me, for me, it's like, oh, great! I don't have to go over, pick up the phone, or go online. They just save me five minutes. I'll keep practicing my guitar. I'll keep writing my next article. I'll spend more time with my wife, or I'll give my daughter or son a, a phone call. My daughter's her son. So, I go, daughter, which daughter? Oh, both of them. I'll call both of them. <laughs> Excellent. But that's that's what convenience does, and the company that figures out uh, how to incorporate more of this into what they do. And by the way, many companies already have, and that's why they're the leaders at what they do. This is, to me, the next wave. Nielsen just came out with a report that said convenience is the new buzzword in business. Sure. No, I would agree with that. So, um, so how if people want to talk to you, Shep? How do how do people get hold of you? Sure. Just go to my my website, hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N.com. You'll also uh, be able to subscribe to my newsletter. You'll be able to uh, you'll be able to order the book. Of course, you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the different retailers and and be able to order the book from them as well. Uh, but uh, if you just want to hang out and talk with me and, and pick my brain, I've got like 600 articles on the website. Uh, would love to hear from you. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Ryan, any last comments from you before we depart? No, this is great. I, I think people underestimate the importance of hassle costs, the importance of friction. Um, I'm shocked, as, as it seems like you were, Shep, that nobody has really shown a light on this before. It seems like just a fantastic opportunity for those who are willing to pay attention. And I'm very excited. And by the way, uh, I've made the book somewhat short. I, I, I eliminated about 80 more case studies. Uh, because I said, you know, if it gets too thick, it won't be convenient. That's right. People got stuff to do. That is Good a point. case study unto itself. In fact, I just need to start talking to Alexa and say, can you read me Shep's book? That would be more convenient. <laughs> Dave, don't. Let me tell you, I bet you that's there. You could probably figure out a way to do that now. Yeah. Um, they no, haven't already right. done it. Man, that would be great. You know, It would. Good. Well, great having you on, Shep. And um, uh, I would encourage each of you to, to go to Shep's website and uh, check him out. Um, he's got loads of good stuff and loads of good books. And um, I think some uh, of your articles are on there too, Colin. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes it even better then, doesn't it? It does. So, <laughs> in one convenient place. How about that? So, <laughs> great. All right. Well, thanks very much. I, I think I can see the um, uh, I can see the UPS guy just about to deliver another Amazon parcel. So I better go downstairs and uh, and grab it. All right. So, I'm going to go buy some Amazon stock. Thanks to you. I think it's going <laughs> up. <laughs> Good. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. And um, we look forward to talking to you uh, next week on the Intuitive Customer Podcast. Thanks very much. Bye bye. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on the Intuitive Customer. <laughs>